0: Amen. And good morning. It is good to see you this morning. We're glad that you are joining uh, with us this morning on uh, our worship live, perhaps on Facebook, YouTube, our website, or uh, perhaps uh, Ruku. But it is good to be with you, at least by way of the Spirit this morning. And we're excited about today's service as we get to not only uh, glorify our Lord and Savior, but also recognize our graduating seniors. And we're going to do that in just a moment. Just a couple announcements that we want you to uh, be sure to know about. Deacons, you're going to be having a meeting uh, really after the worship service this morning. So as soon as uh, that's over with, deacons, we're going to have a, a quick meeting. And hopefully from that meeting, we can have a better determination of what we're going to be doing in the weeks to come. So be in prayer for that meeting. And when we get all that Uh, information kind of pulled together we're going to let you know what our plan is moving forward but I do know through the month of May and most likely at least the first couple weeks in June everything is going to be as is so just uh, know for the next four weeks we'll we'll stay on schedule but beyond that we haven't really made a determination yet or not also this morning before we have a word of prayer let me just say that i know that there are many uh in our church there are many in our community that uh, have a heavy heart there's several families that uh, are close to us that have had loss uh, and this morning as we uh, get ready to worship together i want us to remember those I also had heard there was a, another tragedy uh, that had happened uh, i think in our west tennessee community with uh, some uh, young teenagers in an accident we want to remember that family also so uh, let's uh, have a word of prayer. Let's lift up uh, these families that this morning just need uh, that uh, extra encouragement in uh, the presence of the Lord and His grace, as well as let's also think about our graduates uh, in the, the world they're facing uh, in this time as they're uh, entering in a new phase of their life. So let's pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your love and Your goodness. We thank You for the privilege to gather uh, together by way of spirit this morning to come to you to come to your throne of grace boldly lord this morning as we do our hearts are heavy there are those in our community those in our church who have lost loved ones Uh, we uh, lord think about them and think about their families and we pray for them and lift them up we also say lord if there's anything that we might can do any way that we might can help minister uh, and encourage lord to lead us into those things and let us be your arms let us be the words that speak lord we also pray for uh, our graduates this morning as we get a chance to highlight their life as we get a chance to hear uh, their plans that they have for the future and lord just to tell them we're so very proud of them to give them a gift and acknowledge them in this special achievement of their life and lord just the worship service today uh, be with us as we glorify you jesus as we worship you be with the message as we seek to present your your glory and the good news of uh, your life and the life that you give us when we come to you in faith all these things we just lift up to you jesus in your blessed and holy name amen well we do have a video this morning that is uh, for our uh, graduates we got four graduating seniors and so we're going to let you just see a little bit of their life and uh, and just uh, what they've meant uh, to their family and to their community and to their church
1: You're running late. One's got ballet, one's got a ball game. You feel like you're running around in a maze. And long are the days and it's always one's getting picked on
0: Well, we hope that you enjoyed the video uh, of our graduating seniors. One of the things that we'll do is we'll try to put the link to the YouTube uh, site out there that that is on so that uh, our seniors and maybe their family uh, can get a chance to go to YouTube. You can uh, look at it and perhaps even uh, download it off of the YouTube site itself. So uh, anyway, we're glad to show that. But now we want to introduce our seniors. I'm going to ask if you guys will come on up here on the stage this morning. Now, come on around here. It's real good seeing you guys. So I want to introduce to you Austin, Emily, John, and Tyler this morning. Uh, you've got the mic, Austin. Here's what I want to, we usually do this. I'm going to kind of step out of the way. Uh, just tell us your name, your full name, and uh, what, uh, what plans you have uh, going forward from, from this point on. So, And then just pass the mic, all right?
2: all right i'm emily cobb and i plan to be a large animal veterinarian all right i'm john gillen and i plan to be a diesel tech i'm tyler hart i plan to be a robotic technician
0: all right good deal i would say everybody give them a hand but they're at home so uh at home y'all give them a hand all right (laughs) well guys we are really really proud of you we we're so excited i know this is a crazy year And, you know, one thing I would say to you guys is, you know, that's the way life rolls, really. I mean, you really never know what tomorrow's going to bring. And it's kind of a good lesson for you guys as you're getting ready to launch out into this this big sea of being a grown-up kind of uh, world. Uh, You don't know what tomorrow's going to be. And the thing that I would say to you is that's why we need God. That's why we put our faith and our trust in Him is because it can be, this world can be a little scary and throw some curves at us that we're not prepared for. Uh, And without God, uh, you know, we really find ourselves struggling, not only in eternity, I mean, without God, but even in life itself. So my admonition to you guys is to, to seek God's counsel, and just to follow Him. And that's one reason that we want to give you a copy. We went out and we picked out a, 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 a Bible for you to commemorate this time. We also have a, a journal for you. Uh, you can uh, journal as you read through the Word of God. And so let me give these to you. John H. Gillian. Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Oh, man, I, got, I did good. Tyler D. Hart. Tyler And Austin Jacob Brooks. And last and prettiest, Miss Emily R. Cobb. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Those here, y'all give them a hand. I'll let y'all go ahead and sneak off. Thank you, guys. And again, we'll have the link out there for the video so that uh, those families and friends that want that, we'll put it on the Facebook feed uh, on, on my page, the church website, uh, and, uh, and then uh, the YouTube or, or the Facebook group feed that you can have. Well, let's continue our worship together. Brother Brian, come lead us.
1: Splendor
2: worship that is everything that we're wanting to give to you today our our glory our worship all the majesty it's all yours lord and we can never say thank you for everything that you've done for us we can never say thank you enough there's nothing we can do to repay that we thank you that it's simply by your grace that we can become children of god and we thank you that on that cross uh, just as paul wrote that you became sin when you knew no sin you became our sin everything That we can imagine every horrible deed, every vile act, Lord, it was placed upon your shoulders on that cross. And it was in our place. And we thank you for that, that because of what you took upon you on the cross, that we can become the righteousness of God. And we thank you that it's by grace alone. We love you today. And we ask it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.
0: Thank you, Brother Brian. Praise team. Thank you again for leading us in worship this morning. Take your Bible. If you've got it this morning there before you, open to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to look at verses 1 through 8 with you, and our key passage this morning is going to be Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. So listen to that passage uh, uh, real close, because you'll get a real good summary of what the, the, the whole message is about. But listen to what the writer says to us. And I want to think about this subject together this, this morning. Who is Jesus? Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Now verse 3, he, that is Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And he goes on and he says, having become as much superior to angels as as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, and today I have begotten you? Or again, when did God say, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son? And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. For the angels, he says, he makes the angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the sun, he says, your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. The old preacher, Charles Spurgeon, preached and said this one Sunday morning. He said, I have nothing to do but to preach Jesus Christ. He said, this is the old subject of the first Christian ministers. The Bible said, daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. All oh, that we would return to that old subject. That old subject that is in the New Testament. You know, we ask ourselves, what does the world need today? And many would say today we need a vaccine. If we could get some vaccine for this virus that has shut down life itself, oh, what a better world we would have. And I want to argue that it wouldn't be nice to have a vaccine. That would open things back up again and let us get on back to living. But let me say to you this morning that what the world needs more than anything else is Jesus. Jesus is what this world needs. And this is why the world was created for Jesus. The hope of this world is Jesus. The good news that we have to proclaim. The news that the church has to proclaim. The news that a a preacher has to proclaim. Is that of Jesus. It ought to be our prayer that our generation and the generation to come, that of the church, then that of the preachers, will have determined that they will know nothing save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is truly my prayer this morning. But I want us to think about for just a moment who is Jesus Christ? If everything that I said, in that opening is true and i believe that it is the world needs jesus he's our only answer he's what we ought to focus on then just who is he how do we attempt to answer that question how do we attempt to understand it how can we get our mind and our heart around this individual that has changed our world well i think a good starting point is found right here in hebrews chapter one and in these verses that we have been given For the writer tells us who Jesus is. Now let me just say that you and I cannot compare Jesus to anyone. Sometimes that's where man makes a mistake. Man wants to compare Jesus to other men. For example, the great historian H.G. Wells made a list of the ten greatest men of history. And number one on that list was Jesus Christ. Now, let me just say that while I appreciate that he listed Jesus first, the truth is that Jesus doesn't belong on any list of men, even if he is number one, because he is beyond the list of men. You see, we don't talk about Jesus as Jesus the great. History might speak, for example, of Ramses the Great or Alexander the Great or Herod the Great or Constantine the Great or Gregory the First the Great or Charlemagne the Great or Peter the Great. But we're not talking about Jesus the Great, for Jesus can never be lowered to the statute of a man. Jesus is not some person by which we can infer the title and say, well, he is great. No, Jesus is more than that. Jesus is the one and only. There has been and there will be never another like the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, when you read through the books of history, often uh, you can kind of discover that uh, person and a little bit of their life. You know, the, there's a lot that we learn about, for example, Alexander the Great, Plato, and Julius Caesar from the books of history. But when it comes to Jesus, let me just say that there has been more written about Jesus than any of these other historical people. For example, think about how different Jesus is. There are 27 different New Testament sources that describe his life and his ministry. His life is mentioned by numerous non-biblical sources authors. Uh, Cornelius uh, Tatius, born in A.D. 52, wrote about Jesus in his historical writings. Uh, Flavius Josephus, the Jewish historian born in A.D. 37, wrote about this Jesus of the Bible. Uh, the Roman historian wrote of Jesus in his uh, history writings. The Trotelian, the African jurist wrote about Jesus in his writings, Uh, in the Jewish writings themselves, the Talmud, you find Jesus being mentioned in their writings. As a matter of fact, the Encyclopedia Britannica uses over 20,000 words to describe Jesus. What may be fascinating about that is that those 20,000 plus words are more words used on Jesus Then they have to describe Aristotle, Cicero, Alexander, Julius Caesar, Caesar, Buddha, Confucius, Muhammad, and Napoleon combined. You see, dear friend, history tells us Jesus is real. The Bible tells us that Jesus is that great man by which has changed this world. But the Bible tells us more than that that He's more than a man, that He is God Himself. You see, there's no equal to Jesus. You see, He fulfilled the prophecies. Think of all the Old Testament prophecies about His coming, His birth, His death. Jesus fulfilled every one of those that was made. There's not one prophecy that was told of Jesus about His first coming that is yet to be fulfilled. We also see in the Bible that Jesus is unique in his birth. Astrologers tell us that even the heavens declared his glory. They can look back in time and they can see uh, in the uh, the movements of the heavens how the sun, moon, and stars were aligned in such a a way that cannot be described. and has not been a time since or before. The heavens declared the glory of the Lord. His supernatural powers. Think about the things that Jesus both said he would do and did do. There are no men, there are no people today that would dare try to emulate the supernatural working powers that Jesus did when he walked this earth. Think about his perfect, sinless, holy life. Even at his trial, those who were accusing him, those who were judging him, those who would execute him said about Jesus, this man has done nothing wrong. This man is sinless. This man has been perfect. I don't know about you, but even my best of friend could point out a flaw. Even even my best of uh, close family could say, well, I know this about Chris. But those who knew him best, his family, his friends, His followers, those who hated him the most, could not levy one charge against Jesus. Then think about his teachings. Just think about what things that Jesus said are truth and right. These things this world has never dreamed of or never said. The Bible says that when Jesus spoke, he spoke as one with authority. Why? Because he did have authority. He was God. And then think that Jesus even himself told us who he was. That he was the son of God. That he was God himself. That has come in the flesh. That dwelt among us. You know, no one dare say that today. No one would dare of any true mental health would say they are God. Because they know that it would be disproven. Jesus was a, of complete, perfect mental health. And he said that. How did he say that? Why could he say that? Because it was true. And he could prove it. And he could back it up. Let me just say to you, dear friend, that Christianity is not a creed. It's not a code. It's not a cause. It's not even a church. Christianity is Jesus. If you take Jesus out of the Christian faith, you don't have Christianity. To take Christ out of Christianity? Well, it would be like taking numbers out of mathematics. It it would be like uh, uh, taking musical notes out of music. If you remove Jesus, there is no Christianity left. We don't preach a social gospel. We don't stand today and proclaim a social benefit of Jesus to our world and how Jesus makes our world a better place for us to live in. That's not our focus. Today we preach a saving gospel, a gospel that says that if man does not come by way of Christ, that that man will perish, that person will live eternally separated from God. And dear friend, if you get Jesus wrong, then nothing else in life matters, does it? So who is this Jesus? Who is this one who is above all names? Who is this one and only Jesus Christ? Well, let me just give you three things that our text gives us today. Three things that I think we can say confidently. Number one, Jesus is the declared word of God. Listen to verses 1 through 3. Long ago, and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by way of the prophets. But in these last days, He spoke to us by His Son, whom He has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after after making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The Bible tells us in John 1 and in John 14, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Then in verse 14, And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The book of Hebrews does not begin with an argument, it doesn't attempt to prove Jesus by way of argument. It's just simply an announcement. That's the way the Bible begins. In the beginning, God created. And that's what we find long ago. God spoke by way of the prophets, but today he speaks by his son, Jesus Christ. In the middle of this announcement, we find Jesus, that babe born in Bethlehem. Let me say to you that Jesus, being the declared word of God, is God's last word to humanity. Up until this time, God had been kind of gradually speaking. He had spoken through nature. God had spoken through creation. God had spoken through conscience. God has spoken through history. God has spoken through His law. God has spoken through His prophets. God has spoken through uh, uh, the word that was given, those Old Testament books of Moses and the such. God has spoken. And that's an awesome thought in and of itself. But in these days, God has given a more complete revelation. God has given us a clearer understanding of his word. God himself put on the clothing of humanity. God himself stepped out of heaven and became one of us. Walked among us, lived among us. Every word that Jesus spoke was the word of God. I was reading the other day that someone was talking about you know, the red letters of of the Bible, how those are attributed to the words of Christ. And we give those words special meaning. And, and, And the post went on to say, but we need to understand that all of the words of the Bible are the breathed words of God. And they're all equally of weight. But when Jesus was here, dear friend, Every word he spoke was as holy as the word of God that we hold in our hand. So much of what Jesus said never got recorded, never got put down. As a matter of fact, one of the passages in the Bible tells us, I believe it's in John, that if all the words that Jesus spoke and all the things that Jesus did were recorded, then not even the books of this world could contain them. Think about how when Jesus was here, he was the moving, speaking, living embodiment of God speaking out of heaven to us. You see, Jesus was standing in the wings of history. His shadow was cast long before he, before he came to this world. When you read the Old Testament books of the Bible, and sometimes folks will say, well, those are, those are boring and dull and outdated. Dear friend, But it's there that we see the shadow of Jesus being cast. All the laws of the Old Testament, many of which we don't understand. And and we can't begin to imagine how we would live in such a time where laws existed and people lived by such laws. But those laws were given for a reason. And during a time in which they were part of the shadow that was being cast of Jesus who would come. We think about the prophets and some of the mighty things that they did and the miracles that they worked. But those, again, were shadows of the Jesus who would come. We think about all the ceremonies, so many of the ceremonies in the Old Testament, those ceremonies that would be there in the tabernacle and there in the temple. Those were all shadows of Jesus to come. We think about the Old Testament worship, those seasons of celebration, those seasons of worship. We think about that special moment of worship where that uh, a lamb was slain and that priest would enter into the Holy of Holies one time a year. That's a shadow of Jesus. All of it speaking about the Savior that we need, Jesus who would come. The grand theme of these passages that we read this morning is that Jesus is supreme. It speaks of the supremacy of Christ, that he is God's final word. Christ is held up for us in the Bible like a great jewel in the sunlight of God's revelation. The writer tells us that Christ is the inheritor, the creator, the sustainer, the radiator, the representer, the purifier, and the ruler of our world. He is the inheritor. Because he is creator, he is heir of this universe, and he is heir because he is also redeemer. He is the creator. He created the universe's 100,000 million galaxies, each with 100,000 million stars, each 600 trillion miles across, and each of those millions and trillions of galaxies fleeing away from each other in a never-ending expanse. It boggles the mind. But that's the Jesus. We're speaking of the creator. He's the sustainer. He is the one not only that sustains the, 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 the complex, moving, vast galaxies of this world, but also holds together that submicroscopic universe of atoms all by his spoken word. He is the radiator. He is like the sun. He is the source of of the divine glory of God. He's not a reflection of God's glory. He is divine glory. He is God himself. He is the representer. He is the exact representation of the Father. You take a picture of someone on your phone, maybe a a friend or or someone special. For us, it might be a grandchild or granddaughter, and we show that to them. We say, isn't she beautiful? And they look at that picture, but that's not her, is it? It's it's a representation of the person she is. When Jesus was here on earth, he was the picture of the Father. The disciples said, "Show us the Father." And Jesus said, "He who has seen me has seen the Father. He's the purifier. Ah, oh, his sacrifice." His cosmic sacrifice paid the sins of this world. His blood away and, and, and purifies us from all of our sin. He is the ruler. He sits upon the throne. Listen, he has complete say. He's the declared word of God. A second thing about Jesus is this. Jesus is the demonstration of the wonder of God. That key verse in verse 3, he's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for his sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who's made this earth? Who's made this world? Who made the United States of America? Who made the great state of Tennessee? Who made Crockett County? Who made... Alamo, Gadsden, Murray City, and Baals. Who made this plot of land we stand on, our, 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 our ground that our home stands on? Who made all of that? Jesus did. Jesus, way back in the beginning, Genesis tells us, created the heavens and the earth. John 1, 3 says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Colossians 1:17, "And he is before all things, and by him does all things consist. The author of Hebrews takes the readers directly from the, the deity of Christ, Christ's deity in the future, to remember his role in the past as creator. He takes great pains to show us that Jesus is not some mere Galilean preacher that walked around the countryside. No, dear friend, he was the almighty God of creation who had visited this world. His hands were the ones who had shaped the universe, who threw out the stars, who heaped out the seas and, 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 and planted the mountains and painted the skies. The writer of Hebrew gives us a vivid picture of who Jesus is. You see, if Jesus had the power to do those mighty acts, then the writer of Hebrews wouldn't have any problem teaching these Jewish Christians that he could hold their world together in the day of persecution. You see, this letter of Hebrews was written to Christians who were being persecuted in the faith. And the writer would say, Don't you worry. Because the same Jesus that created the world and holds it together can keep things together for you. I want to say that's the message our world needs, isn't it? This world that seems to be coming apart at the seams, this world that we live in, that that everything that we thought we knew about our world and how our world would operate and how we would interconnect with each other seems to be coming apart at the scenes. But dear friend, I want to tell you the same Jesus who made this world, keeps this world, and holds this world. He is the reason that we still have hope. Jesus is the reason for creation. He's the region of creation. He is the redeemer of creation. Let me give you one last thing that this writer tells us about Jesus. Jesus is the deserving one of our worship. He's deserving of our worship as God himself. Hebrews four and eight in chapter one, having become such superior to the angels as the name he's inherited is a more excellent than theirs for to which angel did God ever say, you are my son, and today I've begotten you? Or again, I will say to him, a father who shall be to, my, uh, to be, to be to me as a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let the God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes the, the angels winds and the ministers of flame of fire. But of the son, he says, your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever a scepter of uprightness. And is the scepter of your kingdom. What is the writer saying. In these verses 4 through 8. That Jesus deserves our worship. Jesus is not some man. He is God in human flesh. He is God who has come. Let me give you three reasons why Jesus deserves our worship. His name is supreme. He has a superior name. And let me say that at the name of Jesus, one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess he's Lord. I've said said this many a time. There is no such thing as an atheist. I will say this. You may go out of this world proclaiming to be an atheist, But in the world to come, you will lose your atheism. It may not be in the depths of hell that you dismiss it there. But when you stand before the Lord God Almighty, dear friend, you will. When you stand before Him, your knee will bow and your tongue will confess. He is Lord. He has a superior name. He has a sacred nature. The Bible says that those that saw Jesus in that glorified place of heaven. Apostles such as John the Beloved. When he put his eyes upon Jesus. Do you know what the Bible says that John did? He fell before him as a dead man. Why? Because John saw Jesus. The Holy, Holy holy God of heaven. And also there is his sovereign nobility. Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. And he will have final say. He will have final say over where you and I spend eternity. He will have final say over what our eternity will look like. And there is not enough men, women, boys or girls who's ever lived or will live who will have enough power or might or say to overrule the word of Jesus. The final say that he gives. He is king of kings. God has spoken, Hebrews tells us. What a thought. Maybe today you feel a little bit insignificant and small in this vast world of people but yet god has spoken to you out of this great universe god has called to you he didn't send some spam email message that we might miss he did not send us some useless text he didn't hide himself from our understanding Let me say this about God. He he bore his soul before us. Have you ever had someone just lay out their soul to you? I mean, in their hurt, in their grief, in their sorrow, in their pain, in whatever it was, they just just bore their soul. They bore their heart. I mean, they just stripped themselves naked before you and laid it out there. They made themselves vulnerable. They, They gave them Uh, to you in such a way that you could receive them or reject them. They they made themselves vulnerable. Dear friend God has done that to mankind. The Bible says for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. God has put it out there for us. He, He bore his soul. He made himself vulnerable to our rejection. And God has not left us to grope in the darkness of this world. To struggle to find spiritual answers for our faith. No, no. He came. He spoke. And He has shown Himself through His Son. Everyone will leave this world when they die believing in something. No one will depart from this world not believing in anything. You will put your faith somewhere. You may have put it in science you may have put it in philosophy you may have put it in some kind of education you may have put it in some kind of self-thought self-idea of what life and future holds but you're going to meet the world to come eternity to come believing in something and i can tell you after studying what the world offers and what god says that my faith has been put in jesus And I believe in every ounce and inch of my heart that Jesus is God. We know His name. It is Jesus. We know God's nature. It is Jesus. And I know my need. It is Jesus. Heavenly Father, perhaps someone is watching today and Someone hearing the message today and and this crazy world that we live in that's so frightening and so scary and we don't know what's tomorrow and we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring and we're wondering what is going on and, and, and what is going to happen and where is our hope? We're reminded today that Jesus, our faith is fixed upon you if we're to have true hope you are our great redeemer you are our great god and god today we thank you that you have spoken out of heaven that you are not some empty dark mystery that we've got to figure out on our own and lord we know that the bible can sometimes be confusing and we know that sometimes when we read and study in history Things don't make sense to us. But Lord, so much of our doubts, so much of our questions are cleared up when we see the beauty of your Son, Jesus. Lord, we don't have to understand everything, we don't have to even accept everything. But we do have to accept you, Jesus. You said, Suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. All that you say to us Jesus is that we just have to be like a little child. Take you at your word, take you at your promise is to come by faith and crawl up in your lap and put our arms around you and say Jesus I believe you. What your word says about who you are, who I am and what I need. And that much, that much alone guarantees and locks away our eternity. So Lord, today maybe someone says, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me and make me your child. I put my faith in you. Lord Jesus, if they've prayed that prayer, if they've said that, They are now today a child of God. Our prayer is that they will give that prayer acknowledgement. Perhaps tell a friend or a family member to let their pastor know to give us a call that we can pray further with them. For your promise is if we confess you before men, you confess us unto the Father. And as we hold to the promise of salvation, We also hold to that promise that, Jesus, you make known to the Father, our faith in you. Lord, thank you for today, for the beauty of your word, and for how you have bared out your soul that you love us. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.